Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Cool, Castaway. Uh, Ellen has seen it, Dean has not. Good intro. Thank you. Yeah, this is how I do it now. <laughs> Film. Oi. This one's seen it, this isn't seen Oi. it. <laughs> what you let's what? watch it. Yeah, let's watch it now. It. You've stolen my parody version of your podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can even do the review. How was it? Good. Oi, nah. it's right, me, goodbye. Stephen Black. Oi, you, have you seen it? Nah, good. All right, nah. Well, right, let's f- watch it then. That's my podcast. Like if Jim Jeffries performed a hostile takeover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get five casts out of the Right, wave. let's get this sorted. Let's watch a movie. All right, skip this part. <laughs> skip this. Nah, this is boring. Skip this. Right, it's over. What do you think? Good. What do you think? Bad. All right, thanks for listening. F*** off. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week we are watching Castaway because it's turning 20 years old and also it's a film about isolation and this year has been very isolated for a lot of people and we thought this would be a really interesting film to sort of start to round off 2020 with and as we look forward to potential future isolations in 2021 uh joining me as always we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not our guest who has not seen the film it is dean love it everybody hey how are you dean i'm good thank you uh so dean uh, as a uh, an actor an improviser an actor. um how how has how has 2020 been for you uh pretty Better than most. Uh, I've actually had uh, quite a lot of survivor's guilt this year. I've been quite well looked after by a few of the um, companies that usually book me. One of them, uh, even during that period where nothing was happening for about two, three months, they put me on job keepers. So I, nice. I've actually been quite financially stable whilst others have not. Um, mm. And then now that events have started happening again, it's really kind of blown up and everyone seems to be like, oh... We can go out and do things. Um, so I actually have a kind of unique story in the sense that it hasn't been the worst thing in the world. Mm. Obviously, you know, uh, doom scrolling is a thing when you when you you know what I mean when I say doom scrolling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're looking at watching the world collapse around you, and all you can think is, I just want to, I don't know, find an old video on YouTube from before times and. Mm. watch that I don't know but then you feel guilty the heady days of 2019 yes and then you feel bad because you're like no I should pay attention to the state of the world now it is and then anyway I'm good this is the answer (laughs) excellent at Castaway you have not seen this film Uh, I have not but I will preface uh, I I, I exist within the cultural zeitgeist so I feel as if I know a decent amount about it what what do you know about it then? Um, I know Wilson is a thing. Mm-hmm. I know Tom Hanks is a treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the ending's kind of sad. Like I know mm. he gets rescued, but there's like a whole thing where I think his wife is just like, nah. 
Sorry, you were gone for a while, and it's completely understandable and very. It's obviously she doesn't say it like that. Um, but no, I remember. I remember. I remember hearing about the ending and being like, "Oh, what? Come on, give him a happy ending." Mm. Um, FedEx has a massive <laughs> placement in this, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, which I have to imagine is probably paid for. Well, we'll find out as we go. Like, shit, it has to be. They, mm. they feature it so much. Okay, so it feels like, you know, some of the, like, the rough beats of the film. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the basic stuff. He gets stranded on an island, um, eventually gets rescued. Mm. Hopefully. Well. <laughs> Unless there's some twist ending I don't know about. Yeah, does he? Does he? We'll know in about two and a bit hours. It was all a dream. Yes. No. Joining us uh, <laughs> as our guest who has seen the film, it is Dr. Ellen Sears. Hi, Stephen. How you doing, Dr. Ellen? I'm great apart from the fact that it's summer and i hate summer yeah so. yeah we are recording on a day where it's above 30 degrees so yeah. ellen does not like that yeah 30 degrees celsius we should probably we have a lot of listeners there's, there's only one temperature system oh, oh sorry <laughs> kelvin i forgot about that yes you're right um so in a, in a vague non-spoilery sort of way yeah um what what can people expect from castaway um more or less what dean said it's like it's, it's, it's nearly a two and a half hour film it's basically just two and a half hours of tom hanks just like acting the shit out of it mm. like it's a good film i haven't watched it for a little while i actually can't remember um i think i might have watched it on the tv like when i was younger like when i was a kid or mm. a teenager or something and i've seen it again Within the last ten years, I think, but I don't remember when or where I watched it, so okay. I don't know. But it's a good, it's a good film. It's a good solid film. I like Tom Hanks. I like his work. He does a lot of good stuff. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm excited for the um the um <laughs> to rewatch the scene with the bloody ice skate. <laughs> oh yes. So yes, we can all wait for that. Mm. <laughs> Teen's face is like. Mm. Yeah. I've I've, I've seen to... I've seen Bear Grylls. Desert, uh, 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 tropical island episodes. Mm. Oh dear! So I think I'm going to have to critique how mm. Tom Hanks survives in the. Please do. Yeah, because Bear Grylls. I also, yeah. That that was my entire point because Bear Grylls. Okay, <laughs> I I also have a question. I'm trying to remember the last time I was on an episode with you, and was it Spice World? <laughs> Is it that long since I've been on an episode with you, Dean? Uh, when maybe. Was, what was our last one together, Stephen? Do you know? Even? Spice World's the last one I can remember. But I've watched other films, but just mm. not been like guesting on the podcast. Mm. All right. Well, our job here then is to find the hidden meaning <laughs> and see the, the what links there are to Spice World, or, or something like that. Mm. Something like that. Like, when, when we watch a bad <laughs> movie, we have to find out how it's good. When we watch a good movie. We, we have, have to find, find out, out how it's bad. bad. Okay, yeah. that sounds fun. Let's do. Although that. I, I, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, who knows if by the end I can be like, oh, it turns out Tom Hanks is not a good actor. Um, he's a, and, he's me, a, and he's a some, bad human being and we don't me, like him uh, now. Something tells me I'll get cancelled mm. pretty quickly if I, did, if I thought that. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and find out. And just before we jump into watching the film, how was 2020 for you, Dr. Ellen? Um, it was actually pretty good. Um, f- f- funny that you should say that, like, oh, like, it was actually not bad in terms of dollars and stuff. I got more money. Out of the fact that we had a pandemic on, than if I would have otherwise. Yeah, I, and it was like, oh, <laughs> me too. I just yeah, mm. and you kind of feel I a feel bit bad. like bad. And then like, okay, so like as an example, like um, obviously you were at our wedding recently, um, and yeah. the singer that we had yeah. lost a hundred percent of mm. their income because they work full time as a performer. Mm. So yeah, like there's been a real spectrum because obviously mm. we've got a lot of friends who work in the arts, and like Perth is pretty small. 
but yeah, it's been a real spectrum of stuff from, from people like that who were like, I lost literally all of my income all year. Mm. And then other people who were like, I got more work out of this. Mm. So it's been a really mixed bag, I think. For it's been a very curious year. Yeah, it's been a yeah. weird one. Well, let's round it off until we get to the Christmas episodes uh, by watching some Castaway. Are you guys ready? Yeah. No. Okay. For those of you who... <laughs> oh, wait, are... I'm, I'm ready now. I'm oh, ready okay, now. good. I'm ready now. <laughs> For those of you who are listening at home, pop in those DVDs and prepare to shout Wilson a lot as we watch Castaway. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Castaway. And by we, I, of course, mean Dr. Ellen Sears. Hello. And Mr. Dean Lovett. Hi. Uh, Dean, that was your first time watching Castaway. Yep. What did you think? <laughs> it's good. It's a good film. Um, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, knowing some of the plot points probably undercut the emotional weight of them. But I still mm. found myself quite impressed with just filmmaking in general. They did, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You, really well-made film as well as just being, you know, a good film. Yeah, I think it's interesting because you basically just nailed all the key points of the film just from, like, hearing about the film in general. The cultural yeah, zeitgeist. Yes, it's just kind of part of that... You just, but yeah. I, I feel like with a story like Castaway, you really only have a one or two choices mm. with um, what you can do. Mm. Um, you know... Man gets lost on island. Man mm. should probably find a way off island. Well, like, there could be aliens involved somewhere, or yeah, That's or like only a, if you're on lost. a secret bunker or a Zombies. smoke monster. Yeah, smoke yeah. monster. Yeah. yeah, secret, a secret society. Mm. Um, Purgatory. Yeah, yeah. Ellen, this yeah. is your first time watching it in a while. Yeah, I actually can't remember the last time I watched this. Mm. Um, it would have been a while ago though, and yeah, I, I pretty much blanked most of the end bit. And a lot of the beginning, most so, of what I remember is the island stuff. Yeah, it's all the island stuff. That's, That's what I remember. That's the stuff that has the most impact. I didn't remember. Specifically, the ice skate yeah. was the bit that I remember. Because mm. I remember watching it and being like, ah. Had a very literal impact. Ah. Um, I, I remembered nothing of the Russia stuff at the beginning. Yeah, same. I like, was like, mm. what? And, you know, <laughs> and for the amount of times that FedEx is featured in this film, I barely remembered that... that Chuck, Tom Hanks' character, was a FedEx employee. I, I knew he was a FedEx Wait, employee. Wait, Mm. So much of the film was FedEx. Yeah, no, yeah, but I, 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 I honestly, I only remembered the package that he delivers at the end. I didn't remember like the planes covered in it and all the napkins. Yeah, no, no I, right. I remembered that he was a FedEx guy because that was the whole point, and that was why he was like not opening the packages and mm. blah 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 Which, blah. Dean, you found very frustrating. What? Oh, not opening the packages. <laughs> not opening yeah, the packages. Come on, come on, come on. Bear Grylls teaches us to use all of the resources you have at hand. Mm. There's so many things he just didn't use. I what? wish I wish we'd been like just recording the audio of you reacting to this film, Dean, because it was just like, no, but, but if you did this, then you could do this, and found, this is a survivalist thing. And this guy's, guy, like, he found the He dead left dude. the belt on the dead guy. Left, it wasn't just the belt, it was <laughs> and the, all the socks, clothes. it was the pants, it was the shirt. Okay, leave his underwear on, all right? Fine. We don't have to see we don't have to see a bloated corpse's uh, 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 junk uh, bathing yeah. suit area leave the underwear on you know <laughs> but there was so much on him that he could have used and mm. he just left it yeah. and then he used the, the, the inflatable um, life raft thing he put it over his head over why his you're about to bury him why do you need to cover his head it's, you just stand it's a mark of gross. no no it's, it's, it's a mark of respect it's a thing that feels bad about putting dirt and also on he, he specifically of everyone on that plane 
he will feel the most responsible for that man dying because yeah, he, he was, was out of his seat telling him, get back in your seat in his very Australian accent, like, oh, don't, don't you did you do that, mate? Get back in your seat. And then, and then he smashed the under. ceiling. And, and then he gets brained on the doorframe and he's lying and there's blood gushing out yeah. just before the plane hits the ground sick. or the sea as it is. So, like, yeah, he's looking at... Um, uh, but Albert. that bit of plastic, which yeah. presumably would not have too many holes, uh, considering at that point he'd been like tonguing leaves <laughs> to gather water <laughs> mm. in a very graphic scene, yeah. he could have used that to gather rainwater and and distill it down. I'm just, come on, people, survival. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he starts off. Uh, Chuck Chuck Noland uh, is is this C in- Noland? Uh, yeah. Tom Hanks. I <laughs> okay, just yeah, kept sorry. calling him Tom Hanks. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks gets cast away. Tom Hanks get, gets cast away. Tom Hanks is acting like a real jerk for some reason mm. when he's a FedEx employee. He's um, he's in a relationship, although not engaged, not married, yeah. to mm. Helen Hunt's character uh, Kelly, and their relationship is like, oh yeah, they, they seem to quite like each other. This is nice, and he's like, uh, you know, they have the Christmas dinner. And he's like, oh, my tooth's a bit sore. I'm going to leave that for now. Uh, and then he's this like... going to come up later. <laughs> he gets, he's very committed to his work. And I think it's really interesting how... It's, um, a, it's an interesting comment on corporate America in the 90s, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And specifically the fact it is in Russia, which um, at that yeah. time period was like, you know, seven or eight years after the Berlin Wall came down. Well, we saw them. There's the shot of them taking down yeah. a, a Well, actually, when it was set, yeah, it was, it was set... At the 95. beginning in 95, so that's mm. four years after the, the walls come down. So, mm. like, you're seeing a lot of American businesses like FedEx mm. moving into mm. the Russian market. And yeah. so he's there and teaching them, like, you know, you know we've got to do things on time. we got to do this. And if you don't do it, it took 87 hours for this egg timer to get here. That's an eternity. I just had a really fun crossover thought occur in my brain, which is that the Berlin Wall went down and Hedwig from Hedwig and the Angry Inch was in America by that point in the southwest. So feasibly... You're saying Hedwig could have bumped into... <laughs> Chuck Nutt. Yeah, well, at the, at the very end of the film when he's... Sure, why when not? He's looking for somewhere to go. Hedwig that's just a very, I'm sorry, up. that's a very obscure crossover reference, mm. but I just suddenly went, oh my God, yeah, same time period. Mm. No, There's I a like crossover it. fan fiction waiting to happen. Somebody yeah. make that happen for me. All right. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> I have no frame of reference for whatever you're talking Dean, about. Dean, you represent most of the audience. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so it's a good movie, though. So Chuck um, slash Tom... Um, is is called back into work, and it's yeah. like uh, you know I've got to I've got to go and uh, on help pager. Get, yeah, on his so pager. you know it's the nineties. Yeah, he's like I got to go make sure these packages get, a get text delivered. Like everyone else, and it means he's going to miss Christmas Day, but he's going to try and be back for New Year's, and he's definitely going to be back for her PhD dissertation defense. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm feeling that now. Yeah, <laughs> more uh, so now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, like it, if you had disappeared, yeah, on a pl- like in a plane crash, like mm. before I had to hand my PhD, and I don't, I don't know that I would have coped very well with no, that. No, no, as someone, especially who- because you were like, I'm going to propose to you, but only after you have like done your phd that's true I, which we, is so it's exactly what i'm saying is that yeah. this is just all, all of my romance a, ideas a sliding door special you withheld your proposal <laughs> yes he did I, well it, technically i didn't because no he didn't but, he actually he actually did it early because i didn't hand my shit in when i was supposed to but I'm, yeah i'm just so imagining, he actually did it early. i'm just imagining Stephen going um proposals are for people who earn them <laughs> <laughs> yeah defend this dissertation and win my heart like that kind of thing um yeah, no, actually, now I think about it, I did get most of my romance advice from Castaway. <laughs> it makes sense. 
Um, but yeah, so I've always thought you were the modern day Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, him, does that him... make me Helen Hunt? <gasps> Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'll pay that. She's great. She is great. And actually, like the the acting in this film, obviously people are going to mostly focus on Tom Hanks because he's ninety percent of the film. Yeah. But before we talk about how great Tom Hanks is, um, I think the supporting cast in this do a lot with not a lot. Yeah, um, for like, sure. Like Helen Hunt obviously gets a bit of stuff to play around with and she's Especially great with it. End. But like his friend Stan, who yeah. at the beginning... He's got is, a whole fully realised life. Yeah, and he's like, you know, we know that his wife is has got cancer and by the time that Tom Hanks is rescued, rescued that she's died. Well, and that's it. Like, because it's very, very... Understated, most of them, because yeah. they're just living their normal lives. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of the whole thing is that he comes back and he's like, "I'm sorry, I wasn't there." Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that he comes back and he's like, "I'm sorry, I wasn't there for you when your wife died," and it's like you were literally trying not to die mm-hmm. on an island in the middle of the, the ocean. But yeah, I mean, Dude, obviously, like, that's mainly there just to justify, like, juxtapose between the first scene of him when he's talking about his wife's cancer. And he's, and he's like, mm, like, just really awkward. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to give you a number of some guy and we'll get it sorted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't connect with him emotionally. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's come back and he's learned that connections to other people are very important. Rather than physical, years. material things. Yeah. Um, and Chris Noth as um, Jerry... Jerry Lovett, we will know. Uh, his surname oh, is God. Lovett. And he's kind of maybe the closest thing to a baddie in this film. <laughs> maybe. How, how dare you? Yeah. Um, How's it spelt? Uh, it's spelt with an E, so it's not exactly Oh, so he's a pie maker then? Yes, he's a, he's yes. a pie. Yeah, he's mm. making pies. He's making he's pies some, out of teeth. His eyebrow game <laughs> is powerful, and he was a dentist. Uh, so uh, my secret theory is that he deliberately messed up Tom Hanks's root canal. <laughs> uh, so that that abscess would grow? Yeah, yeah. To I mean, keep him on the island for longer. Well, yeah. maybe. I mean, no, I think he was just going to be like, if he can't kiss Kelly, then yeah. maybe she'll want to kiss somebody else. Maybe she'll want to kiss witch. me. Yeah. Um, but Chris Noth, who who uh, plays um, Jerry, it he, he really only has that one scene. Yeah. yeah. And I think he did a good job. He did a good job. And the, the reason I bring it up is because this this isn't really a film with with baddies. I, I mm. sort of say that he's the closest to because I. I it's I, kind he's of a, not. I wouldn't call him a baddie. No, I, I, but, I, he's a victim of circumstance, just like they all are at that point in the film. Yeah, and yeah. he's um, like, this is a shit situation. Like, yeah. I, whoops. I, I've seen it read where you know some people see the scene after he's spoken to to Tom Hanks and saying that Kelly's it's a bit much for her, and some people read that as oh he's being quite good and supportive and like trying to help her emotionally because this is a lot. Well, and then I've seen other readings of people are like I can't believe he kept Helen Hunt from going in to see him because she's trying to go in. And he's I mean we do see the yeah. scene of her kind of coming in. Look, it's hard to tell. I think they left it deliberately, deliberately nebulous. I mm. interpreted her kind of like going to turn in as her like even though she doesn't want to see him and she can't see him, she feels so guilty that she's like, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, I felt a little know, bit, I felt a little bit like if she really wants to go in, just let her go in. I can understand that, that instinct to like protect I, her and keep her safe. I whatever think, else. Well, I think that's my but, interpretation was that it, she doesn't want to go in, but mm. she feels compelled, so to. obligated to do mm. so. Mm. Uh, and, and it's him kind of being like, look, you got to look after yourself as well. Um, look, I mean, you can go anyway with it, but I mm. think, yeah. I think, I, I like that they it left made it me, nebulous. It, it, it made me rankle a little bit, but also, like, that might just be because I was, like, kind of identifying with her and being, like, if if, if, I, if I was in this situation, I feel like I would probably want to see the person. I feel like if it was me, I would still 
if somebody was like, no, like, go and do the thing. And I was like, no, I want to go back. I want to go back. And they were like, no, like, it's fine. I'd be like, no. Well, we don't I'm, actually I'm hear just that conversation. Very... We don't know if he is sitting there yeah. being like, hey, don't. Mm. I'm also just very argumentative in general. So, mm. yeah, I would shout at people. Yeah. And obviously a shout out <laughs> to Vince Martin, who played the uh, Australian-ish pilot. Yeah. Uh, was he Australian? We he don't is, speak like he is, he is Dutch-Australian. That's, okay. why, his, right, that's cool. why his voice was slightly weird. I'm glad I clocked it. But yeah, um, yeah, Vince Martin... Uh, Caught blimey, the plane's gonna. <laughs> yeah, go it's down. boomeranged on us. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. S- side note: special effects when the plane crash, mm. really friggin' good. Yeah, we did. We all commented. Especially that we thought for the plane crash was 2000. very well done. Especially for two thousand. Yeah, it was just enough. It wasn't too much. It wasn't like Hollywood style. Of, you know, like. It wasn't like. Look at this impressive graphics and all this really crazy effects. It was just like, no, the plane is gonna crash and it crashes and. He just makes it out, but now we're done, you know? Like, yeah, and yeah. I, I thought the way it was shot and the way it follows um, Tom Hanks' experience mm. of the crash the was, really, was really great. Really good. Because obviously, you know, he loses sight of all those pilots as soon as the crash happens. Yeah. And we never see them again. The only one we see is mm. is um, the, the Australian one who they, watches they, up they, If you notice, they did that the entire film. Mm. Even in scenes with larger groups, it was always focused on Tom Hanks. Every single shot yeah. mm. uh, is focused on Tom Hanks. Like, even when, you know, when he comes back and... You'd imagine they might want to do the big crowd scene of everyone being like, yeah, instead it doesn't. It just very focused shows on him and Tom how alone Hanks. he is. Mm. Um, uh, even in the scenes before he gets cast away, you know, mm. it's all on, even in the big Christmas scene, it's still on Tom Hanks. Yeah. When his friend, when his friend's talking about how his wife might have cancer, the camera stays on Tom Hanks. Mm. It's, it was a deliberate choice. Yeah. And then even in that last little bit as well, you see that he's talking to his friend and then the camera slowly pans around, mm. like zooms around him. And then it's just focused on him as he's talking. That's a great monologue, by it, the way. It is a great monologue. Really good be- monologue. Beautifully delivered. Um, and I think caps off a really great performance from Tom Hanks. This this mm. this film sort of lives or dies by how good Tom oh, Hanks yeah. is at acting. And he's really good in it. So that, I think that's why this film I also succeeded. think it's, as much as people have kind of um, memed it as mm. him being crazy, I actually think he really underplays it. Mm. Yeah. Which oh, I, yeah, for I, sure. I, I like, you know, there they, they would have been room for an actor to justify really going for yeah. it if this if, was when when he starts to lose it a bit if this was whacking phoenix in castaway or robin williams in castaway uh, yeah. whereas he you can see a concerted effort on on tom hanks part. perhaps the director would have probably sent him that way as well to just mm. like no just reel it in you just, can you're just, an everyday dude yeah just and, be a dude and that's the thing is that i think he he does he does really well at both aspects of it in terms of playing the the schlubby guy who's thrown into this situation where he just doesn't have the survival skills mm. and then we hard cut to four years later and he is like he nails that fish machine from yeah. a distance with a handmade spear yeah i don't think you guys didn't appreciate i was like damn <laughs> like that's some full like that's high level hunter type shit right there yeah but, but that's just it like i, I think you tom hanks, get good or you get dead yeah like i think tom hanks does a really great job of of playing both those roles in a very believable way mm. um and obviously you know there's the physical transformation where you know he obviously mm. put on a bunch of weight to play mm. heavy set um chuck and then it's like all right we've, we've got a year go lose the weight he comes back mm. grow your hair yeah and um off he goes doing his island hunting and all of that and it's it is superb and i think it's really interesting because there's not a lot of room for what you get with a lot of tom hanks's more notable stuff from early in his career which we were discussing while watching the film yeah there's, there's no real moments of levity with him like it's not a forest mm. gump 
I mean, we we knew he could do his serious stuff from things like Philadelphia. Like he already had the the Oscar for, for that yeah. at this but, point. But previously, like we were talking about, kind of his career trajectory over the '90s and how he kind of started off as like a like happy little rom com dude and wasn't really doing serious roles. He was doing stuff like Big and you know things like that. Oh, if you go back far enough, you can find some real B grade movies that he was in. Oh yeah, and them deal. too. And then he kind of started doing like he did yeah, yeah. Philadelphia, and then started well, to do stuff like he also had Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private. This. Yeah, so yeah. when when he started hitting those kind of dramatic roles, and people mm. all went, "Oh shit, dude can act!" And then holy crap, I've just remembered. From, and and Toy Story. Well, yeah, exactly. But Toy I've just, Story. I've just remembered from reading his filmography. Um, he was in The Terminal, which is almost like this, yeah. this film, but reversed. Yeah, where so he like gets stuck he ne- in a plane terminal. He never gets than- on the plane, as opposed <laughs> to the plane never gets to its destination. It was interesting. Yeah. Because they definitely had moments where they could have been... As I think about it now, they never had triumphant moments. The closest you got was the fire. When mm. he made five for the first time, he's dancing around like and going, meteors. you could argue yeah. maybe the hand as it reaches up to the ship, but even then it's just like, it's all smash very... cut to, oh my God, mm. yeah. you know, they don't let it let, they don't let it sink. They don't, they don't let the audience kind of be like, yeah, I think it's finally, this you know? film does something, which I, th- I think is going to come up in the trivia is that Zemeckis, the director really wanted to create a film that showed like a, a more real world version of the situation because most of the media about lost island things were Gilligan's in the vein of, Gi- were in the vein of Gilligan's Island yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like oh I've made a perfectly working telephone out of yeah. coconuts like that kind of thing where yeah. um, you know it's sort of like a bit of a jolly romp as opposed to like a mm. life and death struggle mm. which mm. I think this film encapsulates really well but and having having, yeah. having having watched this as well though because I, I got really into Lost when it started airing in 2004 because Dominic Monaghan was in it and I fell in love with him from like The Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. so and like Lost very clearly draws on this film like in a lot of different aspects um, and I forgot where I was going with that um, but yeah, I think it's no. So basically, it's kind of like it's interesting how this film has kind of influenced the genre, the media that came out. Yeah, kind it. of like the disaster crash things, rather than if you're looking at plane crash movies in previous years. Unless it was that one where they did the film version of that real life one where they crashed in the mountains and they had to oh, like alive. Ca- yeah, yeah, they had to cannibalize. Yeah, that that one was people. pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Because <laughs> uh, people taste bad. That's oh, mostly yeah. what it is. They were like, ooh. Doesn't taste like chicken at There's all. There's been a post going around on Tumblr recently, which is the Donna Party um, picnic area. Oh yeah. There's a picnic area. Oh, is there near their cab? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, for those if you who don't know the Donna Party, look it up. Yeah. It's real messed up. Have fun with that. It's about American pilgrims who like resorted to a lot of cannibalism oh, and sick. went snowblind and stuff. It's actually really yeah. full on. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, while you're looking that up, um, we have to talk about the the debut star of this film. Oh, Wilson. 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 Wilson! You thought I was going to yell it out, didn't you? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Wilson. Yes, Wilson. Mm. Um, well, Dean, as the first time you of this film, but knowing about Wilson, mm. um, how, how, did you, how did you find it? Gross. Gross? Especially when I saw that he kept reapplying the blood to Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like, a bit gross. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just and gr- you guys were like... Oh, well, there's no, like, jokingly, we're like, there's no paint supplies on the island, Dean. Yes, there bloody was. <laughs> he made so many paintings. And then, like, a few shots later, it was he made a whole mural on his bloody sail. That's true. He could have used something other than blood. Mm. But he wouldn't have gotten that deep red pigment that he wanted. 
And he also wouldn't have had to cut himself. But also, I think regularity. I think it's interesting because in the the sort of genesis of this film, one of the ideas that they had was that Tom Hanks would essentially be almost playing two characters when on the island. He would have like good Chuck and bad Chuck. And I think what they did instead, and I think this was a much better idea, yeah. was rather than having like an Andy Circus like he's talking to himself mm. in the reflection thing, you have Wilson. I'm really rep- glad they didn't. Do yeah, that. you have, you have mm. Wilson representing one sort of half of what he's thinking because his conversations we're hearing entirely one side, but they sound like conversations. Yeah, mm. and I think well, that's yeah. really great. And, and, and most of those conversations were just kind of logical. Yeah, like you, you as the audience could piece in that conversation because you're like, well, that's. At this point, he's just bouncing off himself. He's yeah. not, you know. uh, Wilson's also where a lot of his doubts and like, is it going to work kind of stuff mm. is, is living. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, jokes aside, Wilson was good. It was mm. a good little inclusion. I think it was smart. Otherwise, mm. it would have just been him just like walking around doing stuff. Yeah, that it's whole almost big a, middle section. You almost, needed somebody for him to bounce off. It's almost a theatrical convention, isn't it? It's mm. almost like, uh, okay. It's Hamlet with We Yorick. need something It's here. Yorick. Alas, yeah, but Hamlet doesn't keep Yorick around with him for the rest of the, the I mean, play. doesn't he? That'd be great. You Can you imagine it. that? What, he's having the duel with Laertes, yeah. and he's like, oh, thanks, Yorick. I, I, I should Don't swing Don't you remember that famous scene where he brains him with, with Yorick? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> crashes him over the, the head. Actually, yeah, if he had Yorick with him from the start, and it's like, I'm going to stab whoever's behind this Aris. What's that, Yorick? It might not be Claudius. Oh, I better check. Oh, I almost killed Polonius. Just like mucking about with the jawbone. Anyway. Yeah, because Polonius is a windbag who um, who has to get murdered for to to motivate. You could have done with a windbag to help get him off the island. Yes, we're That's getting true. off track. Yeah, we are getting off track <laughs> a little bit. Let's let's yeah. leave Hamlet refocus, alone for now. Refocus, refocus. Well, I think it's partly because this film. Not a lot happens. Not a lot happens, which is. But a lot happens. Yeah, There's a lot of a lot scenes, happens. and all of them feel necessary. It's, it was two and a half. Was two and a half? Two, two and a half hours, hours twenty four minutes. I didn't feel like it dragged at all, no. which was was I was worried about because yeah. the two and a half hours, especially knowing the major beats, mm. I was worried I was going to be like, all right, come I on. Was, it was fun watching you like you're like, oh, this is going to happen now. This yeah. is going to happen, and then it happening, and I was like, mm-hmm. I did. I did enjoy mm-hmm. um, yelling at the television about all the stuff I've learned from Bear Grylls on how yeah. we should have. How he put a better. I wish survived. we'd recorded it because that was really fun. I'm just yeah. saying, I know a thing or two about survival and mm. the wilderness. Okay, yes. I don't. Don't listen to anything I say. Um, Audience at home, I did watch feel. Grills. I did feel once he got off the island, the film dragged. I have to be honest. I didn't feel like it did. I feel like they let scenes sit for sure, but yeah. Mm. I, I particularly it's a found... tough one. Like, how do you, yeah. where do you where do you go from there? It's it's exactly the same issue that you have with something like you know, like the book Hatchet, which is basically this, but like the kid version, mm. essentially, um, where you know he gets rescued at the end, and then they have a whole bunch of sequel books, which is like, well, this kid's all messed up now, and he just wants to go mm. and live in the forest now. Mm. I think it was good <laughs> that they addressed the fact that obviously Chuck is super traumatized by this although we never see him seeking professional help yeah um, the, the minute they have him never... on the plane there's obviously like a big thing of like yeah. valium or xanax yeah. we also never see out. him freaking out he's he's very stable throughout his entire play like, as much as you yeah. as much as like we were kind of looking at some of the scenes and being like oh my god this guy's gonna need therapy for years mm. um probably beyond that he's also the way he never plays him as messed up he's actually quite quite centred he's kind of the emotional rock for everyone else who's freaking the, out around the closest it. he gets is in that final scene he has with Stan after he and Kelly have mm. decided like she's decided not to run away with him 
and he breaks down the fact that you know he's lost her all over again yeah um and that was a that was that that whole bit and the you just keep breathing thing that really kicked me in the teeth and mm. i know that you yeah. know why um there's a i'm not sure I've, I've talked about peter before on the podcast i yes. think i talked about him when we watched they shall not grow old when i was 14 i met a world war one veteran mm. and i got to interview him he was 105 Goodness. when i met him he was 107 when he died um and we have 37 minutes of uh, me and my friend just interviewing this dude sure. and he like was telling us stories about his life and the war and like all this stuff and my mum asked him because she obviously had to take us to think because we were like 14 um my mum asked him what is your secret to a long life and he said you just keep breathing <laughs> essentially which i thought as a 14 year old was pretty good advice and i still <laughs> think it's good advice now at 32 mm. but I think and it's... to have that come out in this i was like but i also Man. think it's really interesting because Peter's experience of going through World War One, particularly yeah. at a young age, was obviously very traumatic. Yeah, and for sure. We see, and this is obviously super yeah, traumatic. Chuck goes through a horrible trauma. He sees he rips all his those own pilots. goddamn tooth. Yeah, out. he sees all those pilots die, and yeah, he performs dental work on himself. Like he has a and he finds that time. like the dead body, and then he has to like but, but, deal with the guilt of all of that. But even and... beyond that, his life completely changes. He goes from being in quite a social situation and having this status, yeah. and it's all stripped away. And he learns yeah. that none of it is vital. Matters. Well, not that it doesn't matter, but none yeah. of it is vital to day to day survival. But yeah. to be clear, like none of this, none of that message at the end as well. And and, and I think this is one of the comments I'll make mm-hmm. about the film in general that they do a very good job of kind of conveying meaning tone and message without ever saying it yeah mm. uh and it's something i was noticed then this one of the a lot why of showing and not a lot of telling it's not yeah. exposition 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 they just show it to you and is let it, you is, figure you know, it out as we kind of pan over at the end there after everyone leaves and he's like oh when that guy's like we're gonna catch up on that fishing and i was just like oh and that comment that you made as well he goes over the table and it's just Pans, this glut of food and it's all these like sushi and like crayfish right. all these and things that he said he didn't want so obviously no one's asked him what he wanted at his at his you know at his yeah. uh, kind of welcome home whatever mm. no one's asked him so it's all seafood and crab uh, you know a bunch of scenes like that there was the scene where they displayed shipping lanes kind of the shipping lane and how far they'd come off so that he could actually check and we had a frame of reference. Mm. There was a bunch of little scenes that it included, you know, it showed that he had a sailing background. It was all of 30 seconds and sailing didn't come up for another hour and a half in the film. But it was there. But it it showed that he had experience. And that beautiful payoff with the knife where he had the little, he he used the knife to open his Christmas present in the car Mm. and then she's like, I need the keys and he gives it back to her and then at the end she gives him back the keys to the car and he's like, oh, this knife, that would have been so useful. Yeah, Jesus I, I think, Christ! You know, like we, we his little about, face just like oh, we talk about, like man. you know, like he didn't need those things or he wasn't emotionally. But the the film never takes the time to really. So the film absolutely takes the time to do it, but it never says it. It's never yeah. like look at how emotional he's grown and look at how he's learned these things and learned those things. We never hear that from him. He's just he being himself. Mm. What we witness is very carefully crafted and chosen shots. And that's what I like about films from this kind of era. And it's something that I feel like we're not getting as much anymore. Everything is like your big blockbuster things, yeah. like your Marvel movies and Star Wars and all the Disney conglomerate stuff. A lot of that now is literally like beating you over the head yeah. with exposition. Like all the dialogue is exposition. Mm. You don't get to like linger you get, on stuff you like still, you do in this. You still get films like this occasionally though. You do, but, you but get they're, to, not as, they're not as prevalent. But yeah. the, different what, kind what of they would call, because what they would call these days is the kind of like the mid-budget, the mid-budget 
you know, feature film, like drama, big blockbuster films don't yeah. exist in now. It's all shitloads of money and has to be generic and access yeah. to everyone, or it's a, or it's an indie film that can be whatever it wants. Like it, it, that's exactly the thing. Like it, that, this film if made today, I believe, with the star of Tom Hanks's level, uh, would have you would have had exactly Chris this been like, oh well, um, we're worried the audience isn't going to get that. There's the subtextual message of you know people have more than they need and it's really about personal uh can we just include a narrator at the start at the end to to tell the audience that that's what we're teaching them you know yeah Yeah, possibly but uh, look i I mean look robert zemakis fantastic director Mm. you know and again you know he's i can see why it's a classic Mm. it's really interesting as well because obviously it's the same guy that directed like the back to the future films Like that's that's a really interesting jump, and Zemeckis's career has, has taken him to quite a lot of different things. And he's he's one of those names that you look at and you go, you know what? I think I can trust this guy mm. with um, with this film. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I think he oh, he's done a fantastic job with it. Um, mm. uh, I I also think that I love the big loopy shots. Yeah. Well, that's like just the one it. of him on the beach. There were, there were bits that of... first big loopy bit, and then they do that a couple of times, including in that big monologue. They definitely held on things mm. quite a bit. There yeah, were bits of it that nice. were reminding me of Forrest Gump, not just because Tom Hanks was in it, and then that's because I remembered Zemeckis directed Tom uh, uh, directed Forrest Gump. Mm. That's right. At one point, um, when he first got shipwrecked, um, shipwrecked when he, when he first was on the island, um, Tom Hanks kind of tilted his head in a very specific way, and I was like, oh, it's Woody's, <laughs> it's Woody's nose, a little turned up nose. I was yeah. like, there it is. Um, and then, of course, obviously Alan Sylvester doing the music oh it um, was Sylvester yeah it sounded yeah. like a Sylvester which again very from subtle. Forrest Gump very subtle yeah. I was going to say I don't think I registered the music but that's because there's no music on the island yeah right the only music yeah. you hear in yes. fact the score never comes in until he leaves the island so the only music before that is Elvis songs yeah. Um, yeah. and then the first time you hear the score is when he and Wilson are looking back at the island as they've made it over that final wave. Yeah. And you hear that there's... Like those, those very, like, slightly strings. strings. And then, yeah, that, that, right. that the score is only really in the last third of the film, which is pretty remarkable. I'm trying to think of what else Sylvester was scoring around this time as well, and the only thing that comes to mind is Lilo and Stitch, which was in 2001. <laughs> Also, and that was and that also was set on an island. Also set on an island. Good input, Dean. <laughs> yeah. Around, <laughs> and I think Sylvester is. Um, I mean, he's very he's, subtle. He's it's one nice. of the most well-known ones. Uh, one mm. of the most well-known film so, composers. And I think it's interesting that yeah, around this time he was also doing things like What Lies Beneath. He also did uh, What Women Want. Oh <laughs> um, man! So, but he did The Mummy Returns. Um, which was the year after he did Lilo and Stitch two years later. Oh, Lilo, oh 2002. It must yeah, be. he did Made in Manhattan that mm. year. Um, he did The Polar Express. Made in Manhattan. Oh. Yeah. Not a good film. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so Sylvester Polar Express, not Made in Manhattan. Made in Manhattan was good. <laughs> yeah. Polar uh, Express was just a nine. Yeah, Tom Hanks' <laughs> weird CGI face. You'll have dreams about this. <laughs> I'm Kelly Let's Valley. Let's go Hello. see Santa. <laughs> That's a film for perhaps um, later this year. Hey, Dean. Yes. Um, we never see what's in the package at the end of the film. I hate you. That, <laughs> why did you remind me? I could no, have moved hate, on with my life. Because it's, it's no. Hang on. Right. On, okay. Here's my thing. All right. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. Because yeah. we see that one of the packages get opened up and it says like divorce proceedings or whatever. Mm. All right. So we know that potentially that some of the packages that could have been going to the lady who got divorced because her cowboy husband cheated on her in Russia. Right. Yeah. Yep, sorry if you're listening at home and you haven't put these pieces together. The lady from the start was the same lady as the end and she divorced yep, her husband. It's Bettina from Dick and Bettina's Ranch. Yep, the redhead. Who He's I'm, the dick. Who I, who I I really hope after the credits roll that Tom Hank went after the redhead because he's, he's earned it. Because um, mm. uh, women are prizes, Dean. 
Do we want? No, I yes. mean he's earned the right to be happy. God, <laughs> why are you gonna? Why are you gonna? Why are you gonna go places, man? That's on you. That's your prejudgment right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, if divorce papers, maybe it's something to do with the divorce. You know, maybe it's like the ring or or just some more paperwork. Mm. Typically, divorce papers have to be in triplicate. So, yeah. I'm assuming it was just hope. That's that's what it was. Hope I, was I in quit. the box. I quit the podcast. <laughs> Uh, would you guys like some trivia about Yeah, go away? for it. Yes, I'm going to ask you straight up because I feel like it's coming apart. How much did FedEx pay? Wow. How much did FedEx pay to be so prominently featured in this film? The answer is nothing. Contrary to popular belief. <laughs> You're pasting. There's so many scenes that did not require FedEx in them. There's scenes with a billion FedEx planes in the back. There's scenes where FedEx just happens to perfectly fall in the left bottom corner. of the, Not even when there were things... Shit. There's maybe, so many FedEx moments that maybe they did someone had it. to deliberately put, like, move the camera or put something in such a way. <laughs> People put effort into mm-hmm. making sure that there was a lot of FedEx logos in this film. Contrary to popular belief. I don't believe you. FedEx. <laughs> I don't believe you. FedEx did not pay the filmmakers for anything uh, anything for their presence in the film. Robert Zemeckis has made it clear on in several interviews that this was the case. FedEx were very concerned when they heard about the project. You know, uh, oh, man that works for us whilst doing his job for us ends up in this horrible situation. But they had no objections to the final script and offered support during filming. The company later said the movie support. was the movie was very good for FedEx, particularly in overseas markets. Yeah, no it, shit. In fact, job applications for FedEx went up by thirty percent after the release of this film. Amazing. They paid. So they were like free they offered, advertising. They offered quote support. It's yeah. free real estate. But, but <laughs> there was you saw the same film. Like there was moments where someone. I mean, we've all been on film sets. We yeah. know that nothing gets into the frame that perfectly. Nothing happens unless accidentally. there is genuine foresight and effort put into making it happen. It. Tom Hanks is Robert Zemeckis just like a simp for FedEx that we don't know about. <laughs> that that is your judgment. Um, <laughs> As my prejudgment, sure. I mean, FedEx is the FedEx spawned the idea for this film. Tom Hanks said he first got the idea for this film after reading an article about FedEx. He said, <laughs> he is, he is a sympathetic. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a sympathetic. Yeah. Not Robert Zemeckis. Oh my god. Tom Hanks said, "I realise that Boeing 747s filled with packages fly across the Pacific three times a day. What happens if one goes down?" Uh, was what he said. He took that idea and combined it combined it with his interest in how to survive without the five required elements for living food water shelter fire and companionship so yeah he was like i just read this article that i don't know where i saw it it was just taped to my face when i woke up were fedex just trying to like hypnotize them it's It's all the conspiracy i know it's 3am in the morning i got one word for you fedex is that one word or two words? Maybe his wife taped it to his it's, face. It's connected. Even. I'm pretty sure X isn't a word, so yeah, FedEx. Okay. Federal Express. Um, to make himself look like an average, out of shape, middle-aged man, Tom Hanks didn't exercise and allowed himself to grow pudgy. Produ- he still looked pretty good. Yeah, but he was definitely rocking the dad bod. Yeah, we said he had a bit of a kind yeah. of belly, but not like a, a bad belly. Like a... a bit of belly pooch. Yes. Uh, production was then halted for a year so he could lose 50 pounds and grow out his hair for those later scenes on the island. During this hiatus, Robert Zemeckis used the same crew to film What Lies Beneath. Because we've got to wait a year, guys. So let, let's now go. we've got to go back to the island. We have to go yeah. back. Yeah. 
Um, there were actual lines of dialogue that were written for Wilson the volleyball to help Tom Hanks have a more natural interaction yeah, right. with the object. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's smart. So he's he he knows smart. Wilson's lines, smart. and he's going like, "Oh, shut up!" Like that kind of. Shut thing. up, Wilson. Yeah. So um, he's not doing that horrible. Hello, like when you're talking on a phone or something in a scene. And they're like, yeah. yeah, it's very obvious that they're not talking to anybody here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny though, because we've mastered it, because obviously not, we're recording all our lines for this podcast separately. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what you guys look like. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> um, some crew members were left on the island for a few days to survive and learn some skills before filming began. They used some of their survival techniques in the movie for the character of Chuck. Um, so some of the things that they practiced on the island so that Tom Hanks would have a bit, bit of a better time with it were things like um, lighting the fire, opening mm. a coconut. Uh, they've included talking to a volleyball on here, so I don't know who did that. <laughs> Uh, but also um, the way Survival they co- skills. the way they collected the packages on the beach and catching fish. So they they tried out yeah. a lot of the techniques that that Tom Hanks would then do. Yeah, I just like Zemeckis just leaving his crew on the island for a few days, going, "All right, have fun, get on with it, get on with it, <laughs> Mr. Beast." Mm. Did he give away? He gave like away an island recently. It's not important. You can cut this. I don't know who Mr. Beast is. He's a YouTuber. He's just one of the super popular YouTubers. Is like, in this video, we're giving away an $80 million island to the, one of these 20 people. Dean, I'm a married man in my 30s. I, I'm not up with what the youths are doing. Well, I'm an unmarried TikTok, man in Steven. my 30s, and I am very up to date with what these people are I'm doing. glad. I'm glad you bring that into this show. Um, the final bit of trivia I have. Virtually all the sound, including dialogue in the scenes on the island, which is about an hour and a half of the film, had to be replaced in post-production. Makes sense. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Sound man William B. Kaplan made a valiant attempt at getting usable sound on the island, but the nearby surf made it impossible as yeah. many of the scenes needed to be very quiet. So I mean, the what whole are you thing, man, the Foley people must have had a friggin' field day with this thing. Can you I mean, imagine? You, you just, you couldn't do anything about it. You know? No, absolutely. But the, no, but that's the thing. The Foley people doing like the ADR and stuff would yeah. just been like, yeah. Um, and also something you pointed out when we were watching Dean um, is there's a lot of um, day for night shots mm. um, most of them I don't think I saw a single shot that wasn't they, day they were night. all day for night yeah. um, the reason for that was they it, it, it was too dark mm. it was just too, uh, safety yeah. was part of it but it was also just there was no way to effectively light it because they were actually on an there was, I mean, they that were was pretty but, good day for nights yeah. oh, look, they look good and, and I think Day for Nights are one of those ones where they were hugely popular in like 80s into 90s. Yeah. yeah. 2000s started to taper off because they, they lit differently. These days when you see it as like a kind of modern day film go, at least for me, I know it, I can spot it immediately because it doesn't look yeah. right. Um, but like that... I feel like lighting tech has gotten so much better even in the last like 20 years. Yeah, and they can pick up you know, a lot And they're more. smaller. The light, mm. And the cameras are much better. And yeah. it's more, it, everything's more portable and small. And... It's, it's certainly a much better day for night than you saw in a film like, say, Deliverance, for example, which I always go back to as having like just... It just—it's the one thing about Deliverance that really lets that film down. It, it often, the, often the day for night yeah. stuff just looks like it's, it's still a great they've scene. They've just applied Mommy. a black and white yeah. filter to it, you know. Yeah, it's still a great scene that's happening, mm. but I'm just watching it and going, ah, oh, this this just looks super dated, not. Yeah, and I, and I didn't, I didn't find it stylistically speaking. I thought, it, mm. you know, I didn't, I didn't find it jarring. I noticed that it was day for night, but yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. That, that's so good. So all that remains is for us to score the film. Dean, you get to go first because it was oh. your first time watching Castaway. I don't know. It's tough. What am I scoring out of? It's out of 10, buddy. All right. It, look, it's it's hard. I want to be clear because I don't think I've got the full impact of this film. Mm. I think in terms of my enjoyment, it was good. Mm. In terms of my technical appreciation for just performance and filmmaking 
in general, it's very good. I think in terms of how it kind of hit, you know, in the feels, I just probably wasn't there because I just kind of was new. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. You were too busy yelling about the survival tactics. I, I, you know, we, we literally <laughs> talked. Um, yes, I was. We talked all the way through the important. whole thing. That's That's going to help you, all right? When you two get lost, you'll be like, remember that time Dean told me about uh, three days, three, three hours get without a, shelter, get a, get three days without water tarp. and 30 days without mm. food? Yeah. Get the plastic tarp. Get the bloody belt. Don't worry about yeah, when, the dead when we bury They're a corpse. Now. We're gonna make sure we take everything. You have permission to bury my bloated corpse. All right, take everything. All right. It's on tape, folks. You, you are. You are. This is verbal when consent. That if I am dead, <laughs> proper dead, the fact that you've taken the effort to bury me is enough for me. All right. Aww, uh, that's very sweet. <laughs> is it? Uh, I'm going to give it. Um, I'm going to give it eight. Uh, flashlights in the distance as I try to take a pee into the ocean out of 10. Excellent. What about yourself, Dr. Allen? Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it seven Wilsons out of 10. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in the same um, semi-inflated life raft. Uh, with you guys, it's 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 good. The tiny raft, yeah. The like... tiny raft from the second. I was really hoping that, that tiny little raft, and then we get to see a bunch of him scenes of him, yeah, pottering along in his tiny little raft. It was great, um, but yeah, look, it's it's pretty good, um, but I, I sort of feel a bit like it. It it's a it's a really well made film. Mm. Mm. Is it a second watcher? Well, that was my second time watching it, mm. and I've forgotten a lot of things, and mm. I did still enjoy it. I, I don't know that I'm going to need to watch it again for like another 10 years. See, that's it. I yeah. wonder if, if this popped up this in my you know Netflix queue or what have you. Mm. I don't know if I'd be like, oh, yeah, Castaway, here we go. Yeah. Mm. So, I'm... But that's not a bad yeah. thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's just that's trying why to categorize gave, it as best. Yeah, as best. That's, yeah. Why, yeah that's why I gave it a seven. Because I'm like, I wouldn't immediately go and watch. Like, a, like a 10 out of 10 film for me is like, I would immediately go and rewatch yeah. this again, like so, right now. So I'd give it seven um, whale intrusions out of 10. Because that whale... <laughs> so I gave it Piss the highest off, score. Maybe Dick. Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect Piss to give it the highest score, but all right. Dean and Ellen, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on this episode. You're thank so you welcome. for having us. <laughs> Uh, if this is coming out, when is this coming out? Uh, in this is coming out in two days. Okay. Uh, if, when this is coming out, enjoy Cyberpunk. I know I will be. Uh, but perhaps in a month's time, you'll you'll be finished with Cyberpunk, and you'll think, "Gosh, what can I do with my time?" Well, I'm going to tell you what you can do with your time if you just shut up and stop asking me questions. You should come to the Fringe Festival and see Bogan Shakespeare Presents Macbeth or Improv D&D. Improv D&D is a combination of improv and Dungeons of Dragons and Bogan Shakespeare. Come on, that speaks for itself. It's a Bogan interpretation of Shakespeare. What it says it's, on the tin. It's a good laugh. Uh, make sure to get tickets quick. They are selling and we only have so many thanks to COVID. So, end of plug. Yeah, thank you. That That is, uh, this is the plug section. So, good, good plugging. Uh, and indeed, to, to plug some podcast things. If you want to listen to these episodes, we've got SoundCloud, we've got iTunes, we've got Spotify. Look for them there. If you want to become a member of the Patreon and get some extra bonus goodies, look for us over at patreon.com forward slash CCEC podcast. And of course, uh, we have our Facebook page where we get news and updates and other fun things. Just search for us over there by looking for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook. But that's all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. Wilson! <laughs>
You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.